This is the Dudes in Christ Podcast. What's poppin', what's poppin', another episode of the Dudes in Christ podcast. We are on episode 88, I believe. Don't hold me accountable to that, but uh, that's where we're going to say we're at. So um, we are just coming off of an awesome men's conference. Yeah, yeah. Uh, You heard us talking about it last last episode last week, and uh, we got prepared for that, and we survived. Yeah, another year <laughs> down in the books. Yep, this was uh, the third annual, right? Fourth. Fourth, fourth, fourth annual. Fourth annual, and it seems like every year it uh, it grows a little bit every year. Uh, I think even in, I would say even in attendance, uh, we had a lot more Saturday carryover this year, which was which was great to see because there's been many years we'll have a big Friday crowd and yeah you know, nobody yeah. the next day and you're like yeah. well what what did we do but yeah. there was even some things like we were having a saturday morning and that was just kind of hard for people to kind of get yeah, going and so yeah. so we, we we've adapted each year and and this year we were super blessed to have uh the two punch combo brother andrew and brother <laughs> rian so just for you guys double trouble that's right double trouble and uh as you can hear we do have a guest this week so we want to thank uh rian to to be here with us we we thank you very much we know uh and we got to have lunch together and just man you're a busy dude <laughs> you're <laughs> busy you. busy just thank like you. everybody else yeah. so we, we appreciate you uh taking the time and, and being with us a little bit here today thank you sir um josh men's conference for you it was good good it was uh nice to just kind of let loose take you know some of the responsibilities we have here in our own services were Sometimes you feel held back to yeah, not worship. be able to worship and do your own thing, and well, it was nice to be out in the in the seats and yeah, free to worship and not being on stage, yeah, not tied down to no chords yes. or anything. Yeah, you know, yeah. So. absolutely, yeah. absolutely. It was it was refreshing. Um, I can, I'm kind of guilty of uh, stressing a lot about this week, uh, just because I'm afraid, you know, for no reason. You know, yeah. we, we stress for no reason. Um, but I'm like, oh, what if this happens or what if something goes bad, but you know, it never does. And then you see, uh, you see breakthroughs happen. You see people's lives changed and kind of yes. encouraged and brought back and yep. like all of it, it makes it all worth it. You yep. know what I mean? It's beautiful. Sometimes you do something and you know, for the kingdom and you don't really see that fruit initially. And <laughs> when he does have us that opportunity to see it, it's like, man, that's, that's a, that's a quick, easy refill. And we, we love it. We love yep. it. Well but uh, we want to get into this episode. Uh, we got a little bit of time here, so um, we're going to let Rion kind of talk about uh, lifehood and ministry, and maybe if he's got a word for us or however he's felt led here. So uh, I'm probably butching your name too. <laughs> is, is is that that's a good saying? Good, good, good. Tell well, us your name and where you're from and uh, what what you're currently doing. Well, talk to us a little bit. Well, uh, my name is Rion Toy. I pastor a congregation uh, we planted about 25 years ago and uh, Transforming Your World Ministries in South Africa, sunny South Africa. And um, I was blessed uh, with uh, Pastor Andrew just to pop into America to see what it's all about. And we, we were here, I think, uh, April, May 
2022 and uh, fell in love with the place. And uh, well, this is my second visit to America. So I'm still green at oh, this whole thing. Oh, this is still just yeah, a second. I know it was visit. last time you came first. So yeah. Awesome. And, uh, yeah, it's good. But he's a well-seasoned traveler and so forth. Yeah. So he's showing <laughs> yeah. me the ropes, learning a lot and very quickly. Hit the round. Deep yeah. end. Yeah. Just to say, so, butt in real quick. He talked about Andrew being really seasoned. So yeah. <laughs> he uh, he's making Rion kind of learn the hard way. He's like, hey, uh, I'm going to uh, Georgia and we're here in Missouri. He's like, I'm going hey, to Georgia. Man. Hey, <laughs> yeah. man. That dude. Figure it oh, out, Rion. Man. Figure it out. Figure <laughs> it out. Yeah. Well, I'm coping. I see you all drive on the right side, actually, the wrong side of the road, which yeah. is the right side. So yeah. I just keep right, keep right, keep yeah. right. You got to keep your right, you're right. You're right. So, yeah. yeah. No, what a privilege it is to be with you two anointed men and um, I really believe that God's going to use this um, tool yeah, to yeah. get the gospel out, to get life out, to get a word out. It's a prophetic voice. Absolutely. So break it forth into, even if it feels it goes into darkness or uh, out there where, where, you, where you really can't see your crowd, you really can't see the people around you. Yeah. It feels like a sterile environment yeah. when you get into it, but there's a voice that's going to echo, and that's what John the Baptist was all about—a voice yep. crying in that wilderness, Amen. prepare the way of God, and 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 in other words, set yourself right with what God is doing. Yeah. There's a new thing coming, and um, and not many people know, but man, it is God's reforming, reconstructing, and reconfiguring. So uh, that's our lives. Yeah. yeah, the message never changes, but maybe the. Uh the way you apply it or, or send it, it out. That's you know, it. That's different it. It's ways. Always fresh. Yeah. Always fresh. Yeah. Absolutely. So, um, and uh, we, we kind of talked about this earlier, but I want to go back. I want to go back and uh, talk about maybe a, a little Rian, if, if I can use those words. Yeah. Back as a, a young lad. Yeah. So I don't know if you mentioned that now you have, uh, you have some cattle, you have some, uh, I hear you have a couple of horses too. We had horses. I got rid of them because they started biting and having their issues and <laughs> yeah. got off on one or two uh, options and or choices and that I didn't really make myself. The yeah. horse decided for me. <laughs> <laughs> and um, then I, I quit with that because we had small kids around and um, I didn't want to expose them to, yeah. to me not being able to know how to handle those animals and mm-hmm. it's not fair toward them either. Yeah. yeah. And um, so we got rid of him. Um, at this point in time, busy with uh, breeding cattle, busy with breeding sheep, busy with breeding chickens uh, for processing, and uh, busy with providing a platform where we are breeding fish. Yeah. Because Africa is a challenging place. Um, yeah. So that we do between two and four in the morning. The rest of the time we <laughs> operate the ministry. <laughs> so, so and then oh, you're, really? you're a pastor as well, right? Yes, sir. Awesome. Full time. Full time pastor. Yeah, full time. I'm a full time farmer, full time pastor, full time husband. <laughs> I'm just full time. I'm full time. No part time. No part time. Nothing. Well, take us back to the beginning then, like before, uh, before you were pastor, before you were farmer. Um, did you get raised up in in the ministry? Of what uh, what did ministry look like early on? Yeah, that is a good question. Um, I can just say uh, from what I heard, my folks um, uh, relay stories. I was preaching since I was three. I was in diapers preaching to my brother that barely got out of the womb. Yeah. And then uh, as I grew a little bit older, five six years old, I was preaching to my sisters. So we were two two boys, two girls. 
So I was preaching from that day, that age, um, not really knowing what I was doing. I d- it didn't go well. The altar calls didn't go well. They did not submit to me and uh, nor answer the call when I called. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and then it all went quiet. Um, life happened. And yeah, right. you, you got to your school ages and the stages and the facets, and, man, did I hate School. <laughs> Whoa, with a passion. I'm telling you, there was nothing in this fiber of my being that was interested in school. Yep. I opposed everything. If they said left, I said right. If they said go, I stopped. If they said stop, I went. <laughs> I was messed up. When I say messed up, I, I, I grew up angry. Yeah. I was angry. I was angry at the world. I was angry at people. I was angry at myself. Um you, you grow up with complexes. You grow up with um, uh, with issues of not understanding yourself, not yeah. not being comfortable with your identity, <clears throat> trying to figure out who you are. Yeah. It's not because I wasn't in an environment where we weren't loved. It's not right. because I right. wasn't in an environment where we didn't have a stable family home and, and lifestyle. We didn't fall around. We didn't mess around. I didn't get into all kind of funny stuff. It was just this anger inside of me and yeah. – uh, Never knew where it came from, um, but but you're just never good enough for yourself. Not just trying to impress people, right. but for yourself. You can you can be the best uh, rugby player. Love my rugby, and that's where that anger found an outlet. So yeah. I was angry when we got on the field. You didn't really have to to tick me off or what. <laughs> I went on Ready there, ticked off. I, that, that helped, eh? and. Yeah. Um, and at a point that got me in trouble because um, that messed up my my career completely. Um, you take on bigger guys than you, and so on, and they are not as kind as your mama. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you walk, you walk off, you crawl off that field, um, moaning and grumbling, and uh, yeah. So uh, the knees weren't what they're supposed to be, and uh, and it landed me in hospital few operations and whatever have you. But um, so I said, this is not worth it. But the anger didn't go away. Right. And it was still there. So now you try and vent it and you get into a gym and then you try and vent it and you try other sport or whatever have you. Man, and then um, along the way, um, not being able to do much of the stuff, cycling kind of did it for me. So I uh, went cycling, and man, you can get as mad as you want to, uphill, downhill, what, you will always have wind. Yeah. <laughs> you, you Trust me, it, it, it just works like that. You get on that bicycle, and I'm telling you, you're in for wind. It, yeah. That's part of life. And I learned valuable lessons out of it and so forth, and that's where the whole thing started. So I got born again. Um, that was a phenomenal, phenomenal experience for me. Um Grew up in a Christian home. Uh, I didn't feel I've done anything wrong. I weren't at the parties. I wasn't a party animal. I was kind of, right. kind of just keeping to myself and and so forth. Um, when the team won and they had these little celebrations and whatever, I was never part of the yeah. part of the scene. But that didn't take the anger away. It didn't. It, it didn't make me a bad person. It didn't make me a good person. Yeah. I was still lost without Christ, even though we grew up in Christian homes. Yeah. Yeah. Then um, there was a service uh, one Sunday evening. Um, they'd had these Pentecostal meetings and and um, and where people can they made altar calls where you can get born again. Those days still. Yeah. And then um, I felt just in that one service it, something just clicked. And um, I now I know it's the voice of the Holy Ghost. 
grown accustomed to that voice, know it very well, and um, nudging me, tugging at my heart, and I gave my heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. That was in um, February. Sure, now i got to go back. 82, 1982. <laughs> 82. Feb 82. <laughs> and um, that was an amazing experience for me. Not that I had to, oh, i got to repent of this, i got to repent of that. Just the sin inherent yeah. in man. Deal yeah. with your issues. Yeah. In other words, face-to-face with God. And somehow, peace came. Yeah. And peace, <clears throat> uh, as I can say, I thank God for it. Uh, peace is not, not a feeling. It's a person. Yeah. He's called Prince of Peace. Peace came. It indwelled me, come and stayed inside of me, and my outlook on life changed. I changed. Everything I did changed. Not that I did anything different, but it was new for the first time. Yeah. And, um, man, God just God just turned my life upside <clears throat> down. And then, oh, <laughs> I was in a meeting, and um, yo, that pastor – I didn't know about prophecy. I didn't know about a word from God. That wasn't the for me at that point in time. Right. It was a guy that pointed me with a finger and says, God's calling you to the ministry. <laughs> I looked at this dude. I said, where's that place? <laughs> Which map is that? Where do I find that? Mm-hmm. And uh, sure, uh, knowing myself, there was no way. I was, v- oh, I was such an introvert. Let me tell you. Yeah. Me, myself, and I, we were having these discussions, mm-hmm. and we were happy. Yeah. We were okay. And God said, now i got to share these discussions with other people. That was not okay. All right. I, I, I had a problem getting out there and being and doing and whatever have you. But when God gets hold of you, he starts changing your very DNA, your very nature. You start loving people on a different level, on a different scale. You start making room for people which you never thought you'd greet you, man, God just just changed your whole personality because of the love of God. And yeah. in the next moment, you can't leave people alone. Mm-hmm. I mean, you get them in the in the. Uh, pardon me, I'm from South Africa, but you get them where you where you, where you refill. You call them uh, the gas stations, gas yeah. station. We, we gas call station, petrol yep. stations. Yeah, but you, you you get them there. You get them in the shopping halls. <laughs> you get them everywhere. I mean, you yeah. get them. Um, but then I didn't completely understand that. I was still want to go do my own thing. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go do that. And I want to and. And um, eventually this drawing, this tugging inside of me got stronger and stronger and stronger to a point that I couldn't sleep at night. Yeah. And um, that, that, that voice that said ministry, ministry, it was like an echo that resounded and resounded and resounded. But then I finished high school uh, matric. I don't know what they call it this side, but I finished that. And then I wanted to go study. And then um, – Oh, that didn't go too well. Yeah. Ah, oh, man, let me tell you, ministry, ministry, ministry. <laughs> Two, three o'clock in the morning, I'm sitting with the Bible, reading the Bible instead of studying. Oh, my marks felt it. Let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't make a mark where I should have made the mark. So, uh, <laughs> But the mark of Christ on my life was uh, a greater call than anything else. Yeah. I, I, I knew I was messing up. I knew I was busy with things that, that would not prosper, would not work out for me. And then one day I surrendered. I said, okay, God, if you really want me in ministry, where do I go from this point? I went to see a pastor in the AFM, a very well-known pastor in South Africa, and I thought he was going to show me into one of these denominational churches and stuff, which I would have 
gladly joined, rebelled against, but gladly joined. <laughs> um, they would have had a difficult time convincing me of certain things that I read and I couldn't see line up and what, what, what. Mm -hmm. So um, uh, then the next moment, um, he said to me, you need to get to a Bible school. So I actually got to Rayma Bible School in South Africa. Yeah. And um, boy, I loved it. I <laughs> loved it. Let me tell you, I loved it until our second year. They said, now you will all get the opportunity to preach. I said, I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's it. I quit. I quit. That's it. I'm out of here. Mm -hmm. Studying the Bible is one thing. Sitting yeah. in my room, talking to God, that's another thing. No yeah. problem. I have no problem with spending time with myself, but spending time with other people, telling them what I just heard, right, there yeah. is no way. <laughs> I'm not doing that. So I went and I saw my folks. I said, we are wasting our time in this Bible school. These people are going to make you preach. I don't want to preach. That's not for me. <laughs> yeah. I'm not. But that was that was the call for my life. And I started, I, I really had an issue with this. Um, if you understood how I was and how I'm now, my Lord, I look at myself in the mirror. I do not understand myself. I don't know how my <laughs> wife understands me. I don't understand myself. Right. I look at myself in the mirror as not the man that I used to be. Right, yeah. And um, man, and uh, I, I, uh, this rebelling thing jumped up again. I thought I killed that dude a few weeks ago, a few months ago, a few years ago, but that. So when they say, we're going street evangelism, I said, you go, God bless you. I'm going home, you know? So that didn't go too well. And then we went hospital evangelism. I said, well, there you go. God bless you. I'm going home. And um, by the third time, we had this outreach and crazy me. Um, I said to my folks, hey, I'm in the wrong place. This is not for me. Um, I, I hear what God is saying, but I think he's mistaken. He must have, that guy must have missed it. <laughs> I think he was pointing it to a person that's behind me or next to me, but this is not me. This is not me. I, I love the word. I love God, but this is not me. And um, here I remember it as clearly as the sun is shining outside. And let me tell you, my folks said, this is it. We've had enough of this up and down, up and down. We're taking you to a service. It was a tent meeting, tent <laughs> revival meeting by Prophet Kim Clement. I don't know if you guys know him. Man, and that dude, I thought, well, this is good stuff. There's about 800 people to 1,000 people in the tent. Yeah. Trust me, nobody's going to see me. They don't know me. Nobody's mm -hmm. got my number. Oh. I'm from out of town. <laughs> I've got it. And this tent had these poles that keep the tent upright. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm, I'm sitting, man, I got this. Like this there's <laughs> a pole between me and this platform. He goes left, I go right. He goes right, I go left. I'm ducking this thing as far as I can. Man, if God's got your number, let me yep. tell you, you can yes. be a Jonah. You can be in the belly of a fish. You can be on a ship trying to get out of here and Caribbean cruise. I'm going in a different direction to where God is sending me. Right. He's got this external persuasion plan. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's called fish. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying there, but he just makes that fish swallow you whole yeah. and put you where he wants you to be. God, God will never force you to do anything. He'll just make your circumstances so unbearable that you cry out and say, <laughs> yeah. God, give me something else. And yeah. he says, go shop, and then he's going to go <laughs> to Nineveh. So um, that's what happened to me. So I'm, I'm ducking this dude, and, and, and a man is preaching away, preaching away, and he stops in the middle of the sermon. I thought, Lord Jesus, here it's coming. It's coming. Something's wrong now. Why is he stopping? He's looking this way. So I'm now behind this pole. I got, the, I got this covered. I got, you, you cannot see me. I, I mean, those poles are thick. Yeah. And I... But I got discovered. So he points to a guy in the same row as I'm seated. He points to a guy. You there. 
put up your hand. So so guy two, three seats from me. I said, thank you, Jesus. He's got that guy. <laughs> guy points up his hand. He says, the guy next to him, put up your hand. So with two seats. The guy next to him, put up your hand. One seat. He says, you hiding behind the pole. <laughs> oh, Got me. Got me. <laughs> Come here. Man, and he went. He went ballistic on me. I, uh, I thought, God, you're going to kill me. You are going to kill me for ducking and diving. I feel like Jonah. You're going to yeah. kill me for ducking and diving. Yeah. And we had this tug of war. And I went to the front and he started prophesying. And my whole life at that point in time went into reset. I mean, if God was that serious about me to take me out behind the pole, it, it was impossible for that dude to see me there. I made sure of it. Yeah. And then that's where the call of God really uh, caught fire inside of me. And um, I said, okay, God, I'll do what you want. What, what, what do you want me to do? And that's where it all started. Wow. Um, yeah, I, I, I finished up there. And um, man, and that's went to the hospitals, went to the street corners, went and we went and we went and we had this outreach in South Africa in one of our townships. Um, uh, dire, dire circumstances that these people live in. And um, I will never forget this. The first person I prayed for, man, was a lady um, that came up and they had these lines, no, we're going to pray for the sick. We've got to pray for the sick. Well, I've read it in the Bible that you can lay hands on the sick, they will recover. Yeah, yeah. So I'm standing there, Lord, give me somebody with a headache. If you give me somebody with a headache, I'll be so great. Man, somebody with a running nose or something, we can pray for that. And 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 the first gentleman that walked up, um, I said, sir, can I pray for you? He said, yes. I said, what's wrong with you? Because he's quite fine. He says, I'm blind. I said, you're not the guy. <laughs> so uh, next one, I moved him to the right. I the, the second person was this lady. And then I said, lady, can I pray for you? She looked normal. She, uh, yeah. I, she said, uh, I said, what, what, what was wrong with you? Can, can I pray for you? Yes. I've got this growth the size of an orange, but it's in, uh, in the groin area here. Oh, I thought, Lord. Uh, now, what do we do now? What do we do now? No, 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 I'm just, I, man, yeah. I'm, I just said yes to ministry. So yeah, I, am, I am, I am, I I'm not seasoned in this thing at all. I know nothing. Um, man. But the grace of God, the next yes. minute we laid our hands on that lady, that growth disappeared instantly. Wow. Next moment, then you have faith. Man, I, I can do this. God is showing up, man. Bring, me that, is Bring, Bring me, me that blind, blind guy. guy. <laughs> God opened his eyes. He wow. ran. He took off. He threw his uh, stick. One side, the guy that tried to help him walk and what tried, ran after him, tried to catch him. Where are yeah. you going? Where are you going? <laughs> Don't need you anymore. Wow. So that's how I got into ministry. Yeah. And uh, it's never stopped from there. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So what about you talk about going, you went back. So when, what age, around what age, do you remember what age you kind of took that final yes, if you will? Final yes would have been at the age of uh, 20. 20. Yep. 20. Awesome. I was born again 82. So that would probably be about the 16, 16, 15, 16 years of yeah. age. Yeah, yeah. And then it took about five, five years to really, four, yeah. five years to really commit to this thing. And um, I fought God all the way. Um, I I know what ministry is about. I've seen I've seen the religious side of ministry. I've seen the inaccurate side of ministry. There are the, I've seen the fake side of ministry. Yeah. Um, but then you connect with God, and then you see what it's all about. Right. And and you see people. 
and when you can see people like he saw them. Man, he paid for them. Yeah. He died for them. When you can see them in their brokenness, he mended them on the cross. He's not going to mend. He mended them mm-hmm. on the cross. If you can see them in their in their pit, in their worst, in their pit of depression, he already paid for their freedom right. on the cross. If you can see them like he saw them, it changes everything. Yeah. You, you, you cannot mess up ministry if you are looking at the body of Christ. That's his body. Yeah. And I uh, think that's vitally important. Vitally important to see see the others as his body, and then see yourself yeah. as the man of God or the mouthpiece that God is is using. Yeah. Because a lot of times, even as ministers or, or leaders, or sometimes you you focus mm. on what was, yeah. <laughs> you know, or what you done wrong. Yeah. Instead of focusing on the high points, you know, yes. what 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 did we do, and where can we go? Mm. Yeah. So um, so you grew up. You you accepted the call. Uh, you did some street evangelism, hospitals. You did some evangelism. When did you decide, say, hey, we need to settle down, have our church, have a church? When was that pretty quick? That's a good one. Not at all. Um, I was a youth pastor uh, with actually my aunt. She had a ministry in uh, KwaZulu Natal in Durban, uh, South Africa, and uh, they needed a youth pastor. So even when you get the call of God, you've got to be very, very, very careful. There's, that's the beginning of the journey. You're not in ministry tomorrow morning just because you had a call. Um, yeah, right. That takes time. Um, it takes time to develop your mental. It takes time to develop character. It takes time to develop your personality. Um, you don't just evolve in five seconds and Superman, here we are. <laughs> yeah. um, it, it doesn't happen like that. Right. Um, you, you will mess things up completely uh, if you just if you do that. Um, if I can just take a moment and, and, and just say that that was a time of character building and framing. Um, I always use the example when David got the call, um, he was anointed to be king. Right. But he didn't step into the palace to be king. That wasn't his first job. The first job was the interview for David was we looking for a musician. Not a king. So his first job was a musician. Saul was looking for somebody that could calm him down, play the harp. Calm down, little Saul. (laughs) Calm down. (laughs) Calm down, little Saul. Play the harp. Keep him calm. But he's he's got the anointing of a king. So for you to get used to the environment, for you to see what's inaccurate, for you to see what God wants to do right where you where things are messed up, he'll put you right under the nose of those, and it's become come, becomes easy to criticize. Yeah, uh, he put Samuel right under the nose of Eli. You got to be very careful what you criticize. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why God placed you there. Learn, learn. Don't make the same mistakes. Don't do the thing that that you find wrong. In other words, learn from the mistake and do it right. Not that I'm saying they're inaccurate, but we build line upon line, precept upon precept. And we migrate to another level, um, to maturity, and we go forward. So I was in youth ministry, and I served as a youth pastor. Um, I served as a building contractor. I served as a plumber. Mm-hmm. I served mm-hmm. as an electrical. What I changed plugs. I fixed toilets. I did, I, you did it. You do it, whatever needs to be done. Yeah. And that's ministry. It's still part of the body of Christ. Right. 
I'm serving them in a different level in a different way. I played drums. I Whatever needed to be done, we did. Right. And um, then at a certain point, um, as they migrate, as, as, as they transition, the Elijah-Elisha principle, you stay close. Don't become too big for your shoes. And this is now me. I'm going to go. I'm going to go do ministry now. That's the quickest way they tear your mantle. It's the quickest way you lose it. It's the yeah. quickest way that your character uh, cracks up. And 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 like it was said this morning, even in the service, it's the quickest way that um, that Samson loses his sight um, because I want to go do my own thing. So um, I served in in uh, served them, and then. As this whole thing was evolving and coming to a close, when I say coming to a close, we took the ministry under a, a larger ministry for them to take it further. We brought it up to a certain point. Um, I moved back to Johannesburg, and I got the call of God, and God clearly, clearly, clearly spoke to me. This is what I want you to do, plan a ministry. And um, so we did. And uh, the first guys, I think there was about six people in the, in the first meeting. Oh, thank you, Lord. Mm-hmm. And the people just thought, man, the crowds go crazy, yeah. all six of them. <laughs> and um, I was too afraid to call it a ministry. Yeah. But you serve six like you would serve six million. Yeah. That's right. And you preach to six like you'd preach to six billion. So faithful, faithful, faithful. And it'll take you through the journey. A lot of lessons learned. I washed dishes. I cleaned floors. I did, you name it. I ushered. I did everything. But you're the pastor, yeah, and mm-hmm. so. so what's wrong with you? You got hands, right? You know how it works. You, yeah. you can use soap, you can use dishes. Yep. You don't need somebody to carry your handkerchief. <coughs> you got a pocket, yeah. so uh, and that's where it all started. Faithful in every step of the way. People think ministry is an end result. No, ministry is a journey. Yeah. Even even though <clears throat> I'm full time in ministry, I serve in so many other areas, in so many other ways. You serve humanity. You serve the body of Christ. Once you start losing sight of the body of Christ who you are serving, you lose respect for that. Let me tell you something. Ministry becomes a job. It's not a calling. And um, many people get into it f- for for the pay and the whatever. You are more than welcome to take mine and multiply that by 10 and see if it's half of yours. Yeah, yeah. So we are sold out completely to what we do. Whether the money is there or not there, it, it's exactly. who we are. Yeah. It's what we are. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I hope that answers the question. Absolutely, absolutely. And you made several, several good points there as, uh, <clears throat> you know, if God told you, told you to do it, you know, he will, for one, he will provide. Yeah. <laughs> That's not something pastors really instilled in us is, is uh, like even this, on this uh, gym we built over here, you know, it wasn't necessarily the great, greatest timing to do it as far as supplies, but if God tells you to do it, he will supply, you know, and he, he done it. It didn't matter what the economy was doing. It didn't matter what anybody said, Yeah, you know, God said. <laughs> so that's, that's very, very vitally important yeah. to listen to that word. Um, man, you got anything, Josh, for a kick in here? No, I'm like, just taking in notes. <laughs> no, he's just taking it in. But so, so, okay. So we, we got it. You, you established your own ministry. Was you a, uh, did you have your farm then, same time? Not at all. No. What, what actually happened was um, when we planted the ministry, um, it started to grow. And then we, I, I'm, I'm one for property. I, 
if you want to establish the grace of God in a territory, you you have to put your feet down on property. That was the word he gave to Abraham. That was the word he gave to Moses. It was the word he gave. It's all about property because it's territory. Yeah. It's a mark that you make in a specific area. And I'm not knocking those that are renting or right. or leasing property. Uh, I'm just saying that this is for me, so I can speak what 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 speaks to me. So and then we we. Um, we purchased property. Um, God graciously helped us. And then I went to my dad. He finished up in the AFM, um, their Bible school, and he was a pastor. Uh, my grandfather and grandmother, maybe I can just take a rabbit trail here. Um, if it was not for praying grandparents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let me tell you, it's one of the greatest, the greatest assets in any person's life. You have grandparents that pray for you. You have parents that pray for you. It makes all the difference. I had the privilege of, if I can put it like that, um, being with both of them on their deathbed. We had phenomenal experiences with God. Yeah. Um, but my great, uh, I don't want to say fear, but my great concern was when they departed, who's going to pray for me? Who's going to pray for me? There are many people. No, we're with your brother. We're praying for you. Yeah. Are you really? <laughs> you really? Yeah. Well, take my hand. Let's pray. Yeah. Uh, 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 you, you, uh, you know. No, Bless Yeah. <laughs> so um, we make a point of that. Um, and, and I could feel when they departed that, that there are certain gaps in the hedges. And uh, I had to raise up a company that, that, that prays for us. It's one of the most crucial elements in ministry. You're not a Batman. You're not a Superman. You're not. You're a human being, and you need somebody to cover you, somebody to pray for you, somebody to hedge you. And um, yes, you can do it yourself, but when you are busy ministering and you are busy with with ministry, right? Um, sometimes life happens, and uh, we need people to cover us. Getting back to the the property, I I asked my dad to come on board. So my dad and myself were the were the pastors, and. Um, this was quite a scenario. Um, he was the father, I'm the son. But in the ministry, I'm the father and he's the son. So the dynamic was, that was quite quite interesting. Right. But because we both love God and we serve the body, irrespective of our roles, we serve him. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not about, oh, my dad's got to do what I tell him. Man, <laughs> this, is, this is it. And um, it, it never came to that point. We decide together. We decide in agreement. We heard from God or we haven't heard from God. Um, that's easy. So if we heard from God, we'll all be on par. If we have not heard from God, it's man's ideas, man's, um, man's efforts, and we're going to struggle, make, make that thing happen. So that, that we, we have a basic understanding from the beginning. I love my dad to pieces. He's still with me, uh, not so very much uh, involved in the ministry at this point in time, especially with the new building and all that kind of stuff that we're doing. And um, But having said that, um, cannot go without his input and will not go without it. Uh, he's my best friend. He's yeah, my yeah. associate. He's my um, assistant pastor. And he is my crutch. He's my strength. He's mm-hmm. my... That's apart from my wife. Yeah. She comes first. Right, and then my right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but having said that, um, that journey was a learning curve for me in itself. People get power hungry. Absolutely. That's when I will go to ministry. I'm going to control the people. I'm going to control the yeah. staff. I can manipulate people. I can tell them this and tell them that. Yep. Even though Jesus was completely God, 
he came in a body and submitted himself to flesh. And I think that is what what the greater one of the greatest challenges is that word submission. Mm-hmm. It's actually not such a hard word because it means to come under, sub under a new mission. That's submission. Yeah. Coming under a new mission. So when you submit your will to God, my will comes under a new mission. When we're in marriage, we submit to each other. It's not just wives submit to husbands, it's coming under a new mission together. Yeah. So that's also very important. And as long as we keep ourselves submitted to his will, submitted to one another, accountable, accountable, accountable. Man, I can't say that word enough, accountable. Find somebody that you're accountable to. The Lone Rangers, you're not going to make it. Mm-hmm. Isolated people, you're not going to make it. It's not good for man to be alone. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about ministers as well. Yeah, You have to connect somewhere. You have to submit somewhere you have to belong somewhere where's your covering where's your where's where's the mentors that speak into your life where's your accountable status where 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 do you connect to because we can hear many things many things many voices and sometimes it's our own flesh and we can't distinguish between god talking which is god and god talking which is myself because i'm my own god i decide i uh, and um, you need accountability, people that can speak into your life. And that's why I, I, I love Pastor Roger and um, had a good conversation yesterday again with him about his spiritual mentor and father. And um, even at, 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 at his level of ministry, years and years and years and years of ministry, he's, he's a father in his own right who's got spiritual sons under him, who's got spiritual sons. So two, three, four generations already, yet he's accountable to a person. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, and that there's safety in that. So find yourself somebody that can walk the walk before you. It cuts years out of your struggle. Yeah. I yeah. love this. He says, and Isaac dug again the wells of his father Abraham, which means Abraham taught Isaac how to dig wells, where to dig wells, why to dig wells, so that when he was not there, the son would, know how, what, where. The inheritance left him. But the flip side of the coin, so Isaac was with Abraham when they were digging wells. So sometimes what your father goes through is not for your father, it's for you to learn. Yeah, that's good. You, you, you need to learn. You need to learn how to dig wells. That's why he puts Abraham in a drought so he can dig a well, so you can learn how to do it. Right. But your drought's coming. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah. Having said that, <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. I like it. I know. What time is it? We get a little bit of time. Um, so I want to qu- talk just a little bit about here uh, because it's um, how do I f- set this up? When you go to, uh, it's kind of hard because I know listeners haven't heard Rion. Some of the listeners, you know, some of the people to go here have. But uh, you also prophesy a lot of things to to us, and just from what you hear from God, <clears throat> and there's a lot of people out there that do that, and I, and I think you know where I'm going here. Yeah. So how how do you? And you even mentioned earlier, sometimes you know, in the early years, you felt like you kind of messed it up. How do you? And maybe this is just a, a growing, a growing in your faith, because. For example, Andrew mentioned it yesterday, talking about, uh, you know, um, I can't remember the exact conversation, but 
lady was needing a healing and she said, all yeah. right, if it, if it was going to happen, it's going to happen in 24 hours. And yeah, Andrew's like, okay. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> so, so if you're prophesying, you just, mm. do you feel the, the, the boldness? Um, is that something that's developed in your character throughout yeah. the years, throughout the, the struggles and the, seeing God work or where, where does that boldness come from? There's something, um, there's a difference between, um, I call it the grace configuration a mantle that is on you and um, just general type of ministry. There's ministry of helps. There are, there are various kinds of levels of ministry. So there are people that are called full-time into this, not because they can't find any other work. That's their grace configuration. Right. Then there are people that are called into ministry, but they got, they, they're got they running a company and they're working for a boss and whatever. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. Um, so you need to define, first of all, is this, is this a, a major calling, a, a, a grace calling for a full-time capacity? Is this a grace calling for assistance or whatever have you? Is it ministry of helps or what right. capacity? So early on, I started, I, I, oh, in the early days, I, I fasted a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. I went I went on a 21-day fast. I went on a 40-day fast. And then I do a 14-day fast. And then I do a 7-day fast. And, and, and But over a span of a, of a, of a few years. And all, all of that stuff was God revealed to me the mantle. Show me the mantle. Show me the mantle. Because the mantle of David was different from the mantle of Elijah, right. from the mantle of Jeremiah, from, from the mantle of Esther. So there are different mantles that we can draw from God. You have to find out in what lane you run and stick to your lane. Yeah. Um, I'm not an evangelist. That I can tell you now. But that doesn't stop me from talking to people about Christ. Right, right. Um, the thing is, I'm just not functioning in the mantle of an evangelist. Um, I I can make an altar call, but it would take effort for me, and I have to labor it twice as much as would an evangelist would come in, and he would talk about one little incident, boom, right. 500 people get born again. I labored this thing six weeks after nine days of fasting and prayer, and two people get born again. You, 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 yeah. you hear, hear my heart. I'm yeah. not knocking the numbers. I'm right. just trying to explain how it comes easy for some. Yeah. So then um, God started speaking to me um, about Jeremiah. And um, one of the things that, that came out was, you'll be a prophet to the nations, and, and the spirit of prophecy will be upon you, and, and, and you'll uproot, and you'll do, and you'll do, and you'll do. So long story. Um, I started engaging God and saying, okay, you, you want me to be a prophet. And then once I started pursuing that avenue, I got confirmation. Um, there were people that came along and says, the prophetic grace is upon you. And they started prophesying about prophecy. They started prophesying about the mantle of a prophet. You'll be a prophet. You'll travel. You'll do this. You'll do that. And that's what Kim Clement also said to me. Um Maybe I can throw this one in. In that meeting, while I was hiding behind that pole, yeah. one of the things he said to me is, you will go to America, and you'll come back, and you'll go, and you'll come back, and you'll go, and you'll come. <laughs> you, you, you know how, you, how yeah. we went on. That was 34 years ago. Wow. 34-year-old prophecy. Wow. Fulfilled in April of 2022. Mm. 34-year-old prophecy. Oh, but I didn't see the prophecy fulfilled in three days. It must have been inaccurate. <laughs> My brother... My sister, when that prophecy comes, that's a word from God. It's not a suggestion. Yeah. That thing will come. God spoke it. It may take seven days to come into fulfillment. It may take 20 years, um, but it will come. 
And I am in pursuit of that. It must come. It must be established because God spoke it. So I started pursuing the mantle of a prophet. And the more I did it, I'd be in a I'd be in a, a, a casual meeting, just visiting with friends and stuff, and I'd look at at somebody and I'd see his future. Yeah, that was quite that was quite scary. <laughs> I thought, yes, you, you you you're gonna mess things up big time. Don't go there. Don't go there. And slowly but surely, God released me to communicate what I saw. That's not the time to go and judge the person. You're gonna make a mistake. You're gonna do this. You're gonna you need now to start. The, getting the character with that with that gifting operating. Yeah. Some things are meant to be shared. Some things are meant to be prayed. So I, I don't share everything I see. I don't share everything that, that God shows because some things are private. God is never there to expose, never there to embarrass, never there to judge. Um, uh, that's the job of the Holy Ghost. Yeah. So don't you become, don't you become uh, that judge. It's not your job. You're there to love, um, to bring hope. Prophecy is edification. Prophecy is upliftment. Prophecy is direction. Prophecy is, okay, fair warning, but you never judge. You always give a way out. So that comes with time. You don't get that in three steps to this and two steps (laughs) to that. And most of the time, you learn how prophecy operates by going through circumstances yourself. And then God showing you how to deal with this, how to get through this, how to get through that. You don't judge yourself. You, 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 man, let me tell you, people get frustrated with themselves, but yeah. there's always a way out. Tomorrow morning when that sun comes up, there's a new day, there's a new opportunity, there's new mercies. Yeah. So we are ready for bringing life to people, lift them up, encourage them. I love this about prophecy. Um, John the Baptist comes, and people quote this many times. Oh, the law and the prophets ended with John. If you read three, four verses further, he prophesies, Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. So if prophets and prophecy stopped with John, why did he prophesy? Right. the, The prophecy according to the confines of the law stopped with John. Yeah. Because the law was the only way they could see Christ. Yeah. That stopped with John. After that came Christ, who's the end of the law, and grace and mercy came. So now we prophesy to the corporate man with grace and mercy. We don't prophesy law. Yeah. And some people need to distinguish between the two. You're not an Old Testament law prophet. That's inaccurate. The New Testament it's comes fine. with grace and mercy. So when we declare and you speak life over somebody or bring a word of prophecy, if there's not grace and mercy as the undertone, it's an inaccurate prophecy. It's an inaccurate word. So that's very important to understand that. So having said that, um, then God God gives you a – prophecy works like this. That That's how God trained, well, trained me, the Holy Ghost trained me. He'll, he'll give you a word. I'll stand in front of somebody and I'll, I'll get a word. Until I say that word, he does not reveal the next. Yeah. He does not open the image, the picture, the whatever. Then he'll start trusting you with a sentence. Then he'll start trusting you with an image. Then he'll start trusting you with a vision. Then he'll start trusting you with dreams. It's progressive, constantly, constantly, constantly. I'm now at a point where I thank God so much. In the Old Testament, they said prophets were seers. I see the movie. I see the movie. I thank God for movies. I love this. I see the movie. Most of the time my eyes are closed during worship because I see movies. I I know exactly where this is going, what that guy's doing, how this is working, and, and, and. 
and it's not all to be shared. Not all of it. I, you, you can have a word for everybody, but not everybody's word is relevant at that point in time. So, Lord, who do you want to? Who do you want to instruct? Who do you want to edify? Who do you want to help? Who do you want to give direction to? Grace and mercy, undertone, grace and mercy, and that's that's where the the whole thing starts. I say, I always say to the people, ask God to blind you so you can see. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I don't want to see. I don't want to see people when when I prophesy. I don't want to see your reaction. I don't want to see because emotional, what 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 hype can? Oh, I hit the spot, mm-hmm. and I. I, I Many people will say afterward, afterward when, when you prophesied, did you see? I said, nope, didn't see, because I'm not after that. I saw the movie. I released the movie. He's got the copyright on that. Yeah. <laughs> so that is it. I yeah. submit to that. Yeah, no, that's good. And then the, the, the character, if you will, has to walk in that movie. That's it. That's good. That's what it comes, yeah. That's good stuff. Awesome stuff. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I know we're getting close. It's uh, we got to give you at least a little bit of break before you get to get to start preaching. No, so we're good. We're good. We're good for that. Yeah, that's what. I, 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 man, I love this guy. Yeah. He uh, a lot of a lot of times I told Josh he, he said Rion's already here waiting. I was like, man, this dude's on top of it. Cause most ministers, you tell them <laughs> tell them a certain time. Fifteen minutes later, they're uh, like, oh, I'm on time. So yeah. <laughs> we, uh, you know, we we truly uh, do love your company. You're you, yes. you're part of this family, hundred percent. Yeah. And. Uh, I'm I'm glad you made the stop here. You oh, know, thank, uh, you. And, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Your way to uh, America and back and forth, and we will be uh, glad to have you in in here in, you. anytime you're back. So uh, thank you, sir. I hope that you're you're blessed in all thank your you. endeavors. You're filled up from this trip and come back home to the family and to the Thanks. farm and and ready ready to go. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. We'll can see. I can go I ahead. pray for us quickly? Yes, yes. yes please yeah, do. Just, please do. Father, in Jesus' name, everyone listening to this broadcast, Lord, everyone. In the studio, I pray in Jesus' name that you will bring the realms of the prophetic more real. Lord God, that you will breathe upon them, that their words can speak words of life, that their words can bring a nation on their knees, but also bring the grace of God to a nation. Father, I thank you, Lord, that each and every person hungering and thirsting after God will step into the realm, the mantle configuration for their life, their calling, their purpose. Lord, you said, you, uh, Paul wrote it, he says, I wish above all things that you all would prophesy. But God, I pray specifically for those that carry the mantle of the prophet, the mantle configuration of the prophetic, that they will come and minister to the body of Christ with grace and mercy. She's been battered, she's been bruised, and he hath paid for her deliverance and her freedom from the grave. I thank you, Lord, that we have the voice to change the atmosphere. May there be atmosphere changers in this city, in this nation, over this broadcast, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen. Amen. Love you guys. See you next week.